0: Super excited to continue in our series that we're doing uh, on the reset, uh, saying yes to the new year. So we have all of our things that we want to begin in the new year, and I just wanted to talk about our spiritual lives, and so that's what we're going to continue doing this morning. So one of the things we talked about last week is we had the one-year Bibles, you can see them up here, they are out there. Uh, every few years, every about every three years, we read through the Bible. And so wouldn't it be awesome if you could read through the Bible once in your life? Uh, you miss a day, don't worry about it. So I want to encourage you to join me in reading through the Bible this year. Again, the Bibles are outside, one-year Bibles. And you can take one uh, if you don't have any resources. If you do, they cost $20. So... Uh, and I think also I want to encourage you this year to have a paper Bible, like old school, like look at the Bible, hard copy Bible uh, is good to have. You make notes in it, uh, it will become more and more valuable to you. And so last week what we did is we talked about uh, memorizing scripture, but we um, the message was about the scripture and it was love it, learn it, and live it. Those three things. So uh, the message is online for free forever if you haven't heard it. And then we memorize the scripture, and I want to remind you of what we memorize, Psalm 119, 105, which says this. You can read it with me at the count of three. One, two, three. Your word. Yeah, we saw that we could memorize the scripture together. It was awesome. So we have one more week in our series, and then February 6th, we're going to begin going through the book of Romans, continuing that, Romans 12, and we'll go through the rest of Romans. So it's going to be awesome. I can't uh, wait to share that with you. The title of the message is this, is Serve Somebody. And so we've been at the ranch. We were at the ranch last week, and I just want to show a little video of Bailey, everybody getting doing? into the ranch. Look at this. We've got Bailey, three, and 13, Sarah. Maylee is putting away the Christmas decorations. Good job, Maylee. See there, I put that up there that everybody can serve. Come on, everybody can serve. We had about 40 people, all the cool people uh, serving. But uh, we'll be doing those work parties periodically, and you'll be invited. You'll hear about them on social media. So we're going to read Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28, if you would stand to your feet. If you're able, are going to talk about serve somebody, why step into serving I'm gonna read verse 25 and 27, and you'll read verse 26 and 28. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 says this. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And Father, thank you that we're here. Thank you that you've loved us with an unstoppable love. Thank you, Father, that you gave your life for us. The greatest victory that was ever won over sin and death was defeated. And we were ransomed by you to be home with Jesus. Father, I pray that we would uh, lift up to you all those who are sick at home now. We pray for your hand of blessing, hand of healing over them as they recover. We pray that you would give us more of what we need. Give us eyes to see your truth and hearts to run into it. And Father, I pray you stir us and ignite a passion within us to know you and to know your word. And do what only you can do and bless us. And everyone agreed by saying, Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to unpack this passage here. Serve somebody. I'm going to talk about steps to serving. I'm going to have three questions which I'd like you to answer to yourself as we go through this passage here. It's a very straightforward passage Uh, It's straight from the words of Jesus. Jesus tells us in his own words what it looks like to follow Christ, which is central to this. So if you're new to church, you're new watching online, and you're wondering, like, what would it look like if I actually became a follower? We're going to talk about what it would look like. So verse 25 says this. Jesus called them. Called who? Called his disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are learners. To be a disciple of Jesus, then is to be a learner about Jesus. So as he called them together and said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them." So Jesus then is speaking of the surrounding culture, the Roman. Uh, empire there, that's superpower there. and He says, look, you know what it's like out there talking to the 12 disciples, which is you see it all around you. You see how authoritarian they are. You see how demanding that they are. You see how they crack the whip on you. You see how miserable that they make other people here. Uh, you see where their authority is imposed and dictated, and everyone is under them, and everyone is having to serve them. And then Jesus says, but not so with you. We're going in a different direction here. I'm going to show you the direction that we're going in. No stepping on others to make yourself look great. This is not, that is not what you're seeing in the Roman Empire, what greatness looks like. That's not what greatness looks like when you lead here. Not so among you. You're not to be craving the recognition. You're not having to be front and center all the time, all by yourself let's grasp, Jesus is saying here, uh, what it looks like to be great. So he's going to redefine greatness. And I think we need to hear something that we need to hear. It says, not so with you. Must be different with you. I have a different plan for you. You're going to be helping. You're going to be serving. You're not going to be like them. Not so with you. We're going to reverse all that you see out there in culture, because in my kingdom, it's different. So Jesus then sets forth true greatness of life. And he says this, instead, in contrast to that, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Now, you probably heard the phrase goat. Has anybody heard the goat? They talk about goat. It's gaining popularity in culture today. Tom Brady, in a playoff game today, considered the goat, the greatest of all time. Jesus, the greatest servant of all time here, tells us how to serve. And so he's telling his followers to embrace greatness through what? How, how How do I become great? Embrace greatness through serving. So Jesus redefines true greatness of life. And he said, you want to know what it is about in my kingdom, and that is about serving people. Now watch this. He says, whoever wants to be great. Think about it in life. How many opportunities do you really have to be great at something? Uh, There's very few that really achieve greatness. But Jesus says this, look, I'm casting a wide net. Anybody out there want to be great? Anybody here in church today or watching online want to be great? Whoever wants to be great. So everybody's invited. And think about this. You are the only one that disqualifies yourself in God's eyes from being great. Isn't that amazing? And so everybody's invited to be great. So here's question number one for you that you were to ask personally and think about afterwards. Will you let God redefine greatness for you? Will you let him do that? Greatness being serving. See, friends, here's what I know to be true. Is that you were created to be great in your serving. God has planned a great life of serving for you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10 says that, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. For we're his, we're his creation, or in the original language, his poema, a created gift. Uh, and so it says, um, and God has for, uh, foreordained that you would walk in these good things, these good works. So you have this opportunity then to walk in what God has created for your life. We can choose this morning to be a part of the whoever whoever wants to be great, this open invitation. And so then he says this, he says, whoever wants to be great must be what? Well, like what's the road? What's the pathway? How do I get there to be great in God's eyes? Must be your servant. So Jesus, I believe if he was here, he would, he would like look at us all like in the eyes and he would, and he would, he would say this, he would say that, uh, you need to be great and, and you, you need to be great. And, you need to be great. I'm going to show you how to be great here. So he said this to his followers then and now. And so you become great by serving others. So, and if you don't do that, think about it. I really believe that if you're not like getting on board with what God wants you to do, you're really just sort of existing there. You're, you're missing out. And I believe that there's many people here this morning that God wants you to take a next step. I'm going to talk about that. And so, let's redefine greatness. And second question is: If, if you're a follower, will you let God shape you as a servant? Will you let God shape you as a servant? See, so you become a servant when you say yes to God uh, that you want to reflect His servanthood in your life here. And so, uh, you know, we come to church, and when people get it to go to church, you're to be involved, you're to contribute, in all that here. Uh, With your time and your talent and your treasures. And so many people do that, and it's really awesome. But then you get some other people that they're like, you know, you ever watch American Idol? Come on, somebody, watch American Idol? Come on, you know there's people out here watching. And so, and uh, they're like judges, you know, they hit the button and all that. And uh, and people can be like that in church. They're like, they're just like American Idol judges. Like, you don't want to be like that. And so when Jesus says this, you must be a servant. Well, what does it mean to be a servant? You look on the screen here, here's the original word in the Greek language, dikonos, the most dominant word that's used in all of New Testament Scripture when it's talking about servants. There are other words used, but this is the most dominant one that's used. And it speaks of serving in a practical way, helping people. So whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Okay, what that means is this. Think about a slave. Jesus said, this is how you're to be. So it says, when something is put before a slave, the slave will just like say, yes. But there's no job too small, no job too big, no job too insignificant, no job too menial. It's like, I'm a slave, and like, that's what I do. That's my identity, is to serve my master here. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, there's another word that is used here for servant. And it says this, this then is how you're to regard us, thank you, and so as servants of Christ. As servants of Christ. And here's the word that Paul uses to introduce himself, to introduce this is how we roll, this is who we are, this is, how, this is what we look like. He uses the word huberitis. And this is a different word here that means those then, anyone who serves with their hands. Specifically, think about this, the greatest servant of all time, This is how he saw himself, so insightful and so powerful that he saw himself literally as a galley slave on the lowest level of a boat there, and that he was chained to a post there, and he was just roaring. A galley slave, an under rower is what they were called for Christ. He said, of all the slaves out there, Paul said, this is how we see ourselves, the greatest of all time, that there's no job that is too small, no job too menial, no job too insignificant, rowing then on a boat. So when people really get it, it's not like they say, well, that's not my job description, or that's below me, or whatever. I remember one time I was in Mexico, and um, I realized that being a servant, it was one of the first times I've actually been there in the jungles in Mexico. And so I would go there on dental teams. We'd extract thousands of teeth. I mean, like thousands of teeth. It's hot. Like the jungles are so hot, so humid. Uh, it just taps you out. So I'm working in a thatched roof hut. It's small, and people are coming in the hut. And I'm just dying. I'm just dying. I remember I'm working on this a, a little old lady and she was giving me the most difficult time. I thought, I know a little person can give me such a hard time. And I was starting to get reactionary toward this woman and uh, about, do you, do you realize where I came from? Do you realize, like, who I am? Like, do you re-? And I realized, like, I, I, felt, I felt old completely like um, corrected by the Lord with my attitude there because I I didn't really, uh, I showed up to serve, but I completely got sideways because of her attitude. And it's not easy to serve always because of people's attitudes, reaction, being ungrateful, and you can react to that. And so, this is why we need verse 28. It says this. This is the example of how we follow. Just as, just as who? Just as the Son of Man or the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve. There is the greatest example of all time. The hero of the story. Our perfect example. This is what greatness of life looks like here. The ultimate redefining of greatness. So, Jesus completely flips the whole idea of being served on its head here. He says, look, I'm the king. I'm the king, and I'm going to serve you. I was born in a barn, and I'm going to die on a cross, but I'm going to serve you, and now you look at what I've done, and you live that out. So question number three is this. So are you going to follow the example of Jesus? Like, we really have a choice. Honestly, if I can be brutally honest, we have a choice just to like blow off everything that's been said here. Or we can take it to heart, process it, ask what does it mean, you know, for my life here. And if we do, I believe it is is completely transformative for your life, if you will take this to heart. So Jesus then, the Son of Man, the Son of God, that is God in human flesh, comes down to our planet. The King comes, but the King doesn't come to have the subjects serve the King. The King comes... To serve the subjects and to die for us, the subjects. So I like to just ask, hey, what might this look like in your life? Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Now I'm just like you. I, I like being served. I like going out to dinner and they serve you dinner and then and you order and you don't have to even get up and they keep pouring iced tea in your in your cup there, your glass and you and then they take the dishes. I, I like that just like you. Everybody loves to be served. But this is talking about now your life-defining opportunity there to not only be served, but to serve. So I would like to ask the dads, like, what might that look like if you were actually to live that out, to buy into that? What would it look like in your uh, expressions to your spouse? What would it look like in how you treat your kids? What would it look like if you're a boss, how you treat your employees? And so dads, what would that look like? Maybe moms, what, what would that look like? Maybe grandmothers, what, what would that look like? And so moms, you know, how would you be with your kids if you were to take the posture of, I'm not coming into this, into this relationship just to be served and do it my way, and I'm going to be harsh if you don't do it right, but I'm here actually to serve them like Jesus talked about. And so we see people every week in Sunday school, and they're just working their faces off serving the kids, and it's awesome. But the picture that I want you to have in your mind clear is Jesus, before he died, with the disciples, they're in the, going to the upper room, and that is going to be it for Jesus. He's going to be tortured and dies shortly after that. So they're in the upper room, and they're walking there, dusty roads, uh, animal dung and all, gets impregnated in their sandals and feet and all that. It's totally gross. Like, grossest job ever, lowest job ever. So there's supposed to be a servant there that would wash their feet, and there's no one there. So what do the disciples do? But the first one walks in, knows that that's an opportunity. There's the basin and everything. Blows right by it. Second one blows right by, blows right by. All of them blow by. Jesus comes in, sees it there, takes off his outer garment, puts on the towel of a servant, and begins to serve them by washing their feet. He says, now, seeing what I've done for you, you do to others. In the middle of facing his imminent death here and betrayal, that's what he does. He, he, the last thing that he does is shows them how to serve. I mean, how important is that? And Jesus, I want to say this. He not only washed the disciples' feet in the upper room, but really, I want to show you, like, he washed our feet too. The Son of God washed our feet. I mean, every time we come to Jesus uh, with cleansing for our sin, Jesus is serving us and uh, what a what a what is an audacious staggering stunning truth that this is that God became man and there God serves mankind and says hey this is how you're to live this is how you're to do it to think that God in Christ came to serve and then he empowers us to serve also and so it's just a just an amazing truth that the king has come unlike any other king to serve us. And so finally, Jesus said to his followers on the night when he was crucified, This Luke chapter 22, you can see it behind me, says, I am one among you who serves. This is who I am. I'm going to be gone quickly, but I am one among you who serves. And Jesus said these words at the Last Supper hours before he's arrested and would die on a cross. So Jesus came to exemplify serving. Like, watch me and live out what I do. So will you take his example to heart in your life? So Jesus essentially is saying this. Look, I want you to grab a hold of my example. There it is for you, uh, who I am. and, uh, And I want you to be like me, how I have been toward you, that I came to serve you and you can serve others. So Jesus is saying this, watch, it's so important. I want you to show up how I've shown up. I want to press in on this because, friends, how you show up in life, uh, how you show up in your marriage, how you show up when you come home from work, how you show up with kids, how you show up when you meet somebody for coffee, how you, show, how you show up at church, how you show up in life is what Jesus is talking about here. He says, I want you to show up as a servant. In every dimension of your life, that's how I want you to show up. So I'm encouraging you to look at how Jesus served, friends, and watch, and respond then to how he is, uh, uh, respond to how Jesus has served you and served others. And then it says this, not only the example, but it says, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, we're all familiar with ransom, right? You're familiar with ransom. So you wonder like, okay, a ransom then is where somebody's kidnapped, whatever, and then they got to pay uh, a ransom to get that person back. To, uh, so how does that happen? I mean, and what does it mean here when it's talking about uh, he gave his life to have a ransom? Is it saying the same thing? Yeah, it is. Saying the same thing here. It's, uh, it's what you pay to get somebody back when they've been taken away. So ransom refers to the price then that Jesus paid to redeem us, okay? It's not with flesh and blood, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, he saved us. When we were slaves, like where were we slaves? We were slaves before Christ. The word picture is in a slave market of sin, Jesus went out, it's a wonderful passage here, because as our Redeemer, He serves us by providing for us our redemption, and He becomes the ransom for us. The innocent Lamb of God suffered for the guilty, the guiltless for the guilty. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So Christ went to the cross to pay for our sin turning away God's wrath there so that we might be set free from sin and be made right with God. That is the gospel right there. So, friends, I want to share with you a couple reasons like why. Why would we want to be servants? Just a few things here. Number one is, uh, as we've talked about, Jesus wants us to live lives of serving others. And the greatness is beyond yourself. The greatness is not within you. The greatness is actually outside of you. The greatness is found in Jesus, and we live out His greatness in our lives. So why should we serve somebody? Here's why. Here's why. People are more receptive when you serve them. And so oftentimes we think, well, if they just knew and they just understood, a lot of times they just don't care. They flat out don't care. You know, before I became a Christ follower, I could have talked to you. I flat out didn't care. I didn't care about God. I didn't care about Jesus. I didn't care about church. I, I didn't care about small groups. I didn't care about nothing. I just thought it was a big joke, and only weak people go to church. That's what I thought. You go to church, it's because you're weak. And, uh, and that was what I, what I absorbed and lived, lived with. And that was my mentality. So I, I didn't care. So, uh, so, so, but I got around some people that those people, they cared about me, and they began to serve me. They didn't know even how they were serving me. And I began to think, like, I think there's something maybe real about this Jesus and church, and maybe there's something to it. because they served me, kind of broke me down a little bit there uh, and, and it began to change my heart. Uh, and so the more you serve people, the more receptive that they will be toward you. I'm mean, Sometimes we, we miss it, uh, and uh, we think like, yeah, Jesus, like, yeah, like, like he's the door, well, like, I'm the screen door. Like, you know, there's like another, you know, like, I don't like that person's hair. As if, like, Jesus is not trying to save somebody's hairstyle. You know, he, he didn't care about the hairstyle. He's going after the heart here. So lives are changed then, friends, when we serve. My life, your life, their lives. It is, it is absolutely transformative. So Jesus called you, Jesus called me to serve here. So we respond to Jesus by serving others and also uh, in our community. So I want to take a moment here. I want to show you a a couple um, things here. So this is is the church. This is who we are. What you're going to see here, this is who we are. Okay, now play the video. Call the serve day. There we are cleaning it up. Tent, people working outside. I mean, there's more people here with us everywhere, drying the, the mats. That's who we are. That's who we are as a church. We, we serve. And so uh, I love that. And what uh, we do things in the community, like some of the things we do in the community is that um, there's somebody here, Juan Ocasio, came up with an idea, said, hey, uh, let's reach out to the police, the sheriff's department. I always wanted to do that. So check this out here. So that's what we did. So here we, we, we made food for them. Lorna did that. It was awesome. And, uh, uh, and so there she is. There's Jim before people are coming. And see these right here? Wait, go back to that slide. So see this right here? So they came in and they just grabbed these. Everyone's going to talk about that in a moment. So next picture. And there we are just hanging out before people are coming. There's about a dozen of us. And here we are afterwards hanging out with them, building a relationship. It, it was just awesome. And uh, we're going to do more and more of that. But we are the church that loves the community or the church that loves the sheriff's department. And so I want to ask Erwin Ocasio, wherever he is, come up, say a few words. Welcome, Erwin. He's, he's a volunteer for the sheriff's department, a professional horseman. And so this is Irwin. you think, like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like, the church had a great idea. No, we didn't have the idea. I didn't have the idea. Erwin Ocasio, 100% the idea.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, through that, you know, uh, I was talking to, to, to Pastor Rod about a year and a half ago, and he, he uh, realized my association with the police department. We decided that, uh, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're a, we're a church about the community, and what better to serve uh, the police department because they're vital to our community. You know, they they serve us and and make it safe for us to in in, in the community. So we're gonna let's do that, set it up. So um, I I didn't know how this was gonna go. I contacted the the, the police station, and they said yes, you know, of course, and so we set some dates up, and then got back with Rod, and then um, I thought, well, wait a minute, we just can't go cold turkey, we need to make sure, I, I thought, you know, it, that'd be kind of awkward, let's, let's have a, a meet and greet, so again, I contacted the, 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 the station, and then I asked them if, if it'd be okay for, you know, introduce Rod, and they said, you know, yeah, um, why don't you show up early in the morning to a briefing and do a prayer over the deputies and the staff. Now, if you know anything about law enforcement, uh, yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. And, and we're really blessed to have a pastor that has a heart for law enforcement. Yeah? And um, so um, I was just, like, baffled. I've been, I've been volunteering for 10 years there, and for them to do that. Because if you know anything about law enforcement, the public, basically, your access is the front lobby to sign off a ticket or go all the way to the back. There's a back room. And if you know anything about that back room, then you're going to go to the next place, which is the county jail. <laughs> jail. So for them to open the doors, that was pretty That was pretty awesome. So then the date was set for the luncheon. We had uh, 12 of the staff and then uh, Lorna Gonzalez put together a beautiful uh, lunch for them. And um, and so we we spent a couple of hours there, and it was like when when the staff came in and, and the uh, deputies came in at first, you know, they were kind of like, you know, they're very protective and they don't really like to show too much of their emotion. But after after some time, it went from this to and conversation conversation with them, and it was just a really neat thing, you know. And and Jesus tells us in Matthew fourteen through sixteen to be a light onto the world. And the rest of, of that in, in 14, I'm not going to quote it all. You can, I want you to take time to, to read that and think about what Pastor Rod is saying here this morning about serving. And, and that's really what it's about. So from that, we had a second opportunity right near Christmas to give them some desserts. And so it turns out that they really love our church. They love sanctuary. So now, this year, we have an opportunity to do three more luncheons that we're going to do around the holidays. We're going to do near uh, Easter, 4th of July, and then Christmas. And you're welcome to attend. You can volunteer. So you'll hear more news about that and sign-ups, and you're welcome to come and and join us. And, um, yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to serve. What better way to serve the community than to serve the, the local police station?
0: That's so great. Oh, when I, I love being there and going with Irwin, and I will tell, like, I'll meet the lieutenant or something, I'll say, hi, lieutenant, uh, I'm, I'm Pastor Rod, and we're the church, sanctuary, we're the church that loves the sheriff's department. I go to the next one, i say, hi, and I'll meet them, we're the church that loves the sheriff's department. I want them to hear me say that over and over, so it's a great privilege that we have. Um, to build relationship with them. I want to show you also who we are as a church. Take, check this out here. Check this. So this is, this is Sanctuary Hope City right here. So when you hear about that, that's it. Nothing scary about it, friends. Nothing to be freaked out about. There's Pastor Jim. And so we have uh, homeless people in here mingled with sanctuary. We're going to be doing open houses. We invite you. It's going to be super cool to do open houses there. Go to the next slide. And so, uh, so give it up, somebody. Come on. There's Nick. <laughs> Come on, give it up. So uh, stepping out of his comfort zone, leading church, leading the church in worship, and here's so you have the homeless coupled with uh, the regular folk here together uh, from sanctuary. Come on, they're all regular, I guess. But uh, so look, first time there, serving. Look, another person. It's a Keller family, Kitty Keller, serving first time there. It's awesome. See, the, uh, so um, that's Lindsay and Casey Phillips, uh, cooked the whole meal. Couples can go. It's awesome. And look, now watch. This is what I don't want you to miss. If you were to say, okay, like, what does Rod want to get us to do? This is what I want to get you to do. I'm be completely transparent. I want to get you to do that. My goal is, my goal is to get you face-to-face with a homeless person. And why would I I want to do that? Because it's transformative. It'll change your life. So watch. So there it is. uh, From Sanctuary, Sanctuary. There's JoJo on stage, Gavin in the back. Homeless person homeless person. And this is another Sepulveda brother here. And this is President Dan, that I, I call him. And so Dan is my friend. They're, but they're homeless. So there we are having a meal together hearing one another's stories. It'll change your life, friends. So go to the next one. And there it is. Sanctuary, hanging out uh, uh, with the people there, serving them, having meals together. Okay, next one. So there it is uh, with President Dan. I have got to know him a little bit. Uh, he thinks we're best friends. And we are kind of best friends. And so uh, I'll, I'll be speaking and I'll go, President, do you agree? You know, I'm like, yeah, right on. And President, what do you think? So anyway, we have a special relationship. But that's what I want for all of you. I, I love President Dan. And so, uh, but what I wanted to do is ask uh, Pastor Jim, who's seven years... Seven years to serve those people. And this is the heart of sanctuary because everybody deserves access to Jesus. Everybody does. And so that's what we're giving these people. We will be there today at 3 o'clock. Would you give it up for Pastor Jim? Thank
2: you, Thank you brother. One of the things, that I, I didn't share at the first service, but it, it's, it's neat to have people that just share the same passion. When I met Pastor Rod the first time, it was a real part of him. And everything that's in him, he shares with us. And that's what I've enjoyed. i watched him in his lifetime. He's been a man of sharing. The, the, that picture that he showed you, and I, if you can, flash the picture back up at the table with a number of people there. Because that's been one of my favorite scenes in my life. Go back to, there's another one, another shot where you see more people. There we go. That's my favorite shot. Because this is Sanctuary of the Church going down and asking just what I want to see him do. See, one of my models, my model has always been to bring the best to the least. Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. I mean, I hang out with a group of best. Yeah, I'm looking at you. If In case I didn't get you per- I'm a point at you. A group of best. Let me share something with you. The best has been down there far better than me. I've had... Pastor Rod speak a number of times there. Every pastor on staff has spoken there, and they've impacted the people there. I wanted to get different words, different things. Taps has been there. Nick went there. Now, let me tell you something. Some people have fears in a number of ways. They're thinking, man, this is a bad area. I don't want to get shot. I gave you a scripture earlier. Jesus, got our, he got our back. I'm not telling you to go in silly, and, but he has our back. Nick... Is used to leading in the back. Either doing doing helping doing sound or up here. He came that day and led worship. Did an awesome job. He affected people. And the idea is to affect people. And the only thing you have to do is to say, God, just help me to affect someone. Help me to love someone. I just got through teaching the kids. Jesus said, love someone like I've loved you. That's all you do. Here's the last thing I want to share with you, and that's this, something I didn't share at the other service either, so maybe it must be for us. God has a plan for all of our lives, every last one of us, and he has a path, a road, and you might be saying right now, well, my road doesn't go through Hope City. (laughs) I'm here to tell you, your road, even if you don't stay there like me, you don't camp there, every road that you take, it's going to build upon what God wants to do in your life later on. It's going to teach you something. It's going, to be, it's going to help you out. God wants to make you the best so that you can give the best. Thank you, Pastor Rod, for this time. Thank you, Pastor Jim.
0: As the worship team comes up, we're going to conclude. So you say, well, uh, so what's next for me? I think next is realize, hey, every person can make a difference. And simply by responding to Jesus' service to you, and what would that look like in your life? There'll be many serve opportunities. Sometimes they look like interruptions, but they're opportunities. And perhaps for some of you, maybe you just need to re-up saying yes. Uh, Lord, I'm gonna to respond to you. I'm so glad that little Mailey, three years old, and Sarah there, they said yes. I'm grateful for Irwin that said yes. I'm grateful for Jim that said yes. I'm grateful for the people pictures you saw there, Kitty and Ron and Matt. Uh, I'm grateful for Dave, Neil, Linda, Vince, Sarah, Dom, Amanda. I'm so grateful that uh, they said yes. I'm so grateful that you say yes. And so um, yesterday afternoon, I'm finishing things up, and I'm, I'm preparing the uh, final kind of thoughts on the message. And I look over my phone, as it's my son Garrett. My son Garrett had been in uh, Arizona on the Mexica- Mexico border for a week, and he was applying. It was, it was a week like interview and testing to be a missionary in Papua New Guinea for four years. Hang on, wait. And so preceded by a couple of years of more training if he gets accepted. And so he calls me up to say, Dad, I loved it. Dad, I didn't want to leave. Dad. I'm so excited to be a missionary in Papua New Guinea. And they said, you're exactly the person that we've been looking for. You're just the pilot and the young man that we've been looking for. And at first I was excited, you know? But I gotta tell you, in my heart of hearts, I'm thinking, four years, Papua New Guinea. Like, that's far. And so I said, Garrett, I'm I'm so happy and I'm so grateful. And I thought to myself, this, you'll get over the distance and all. But, um, but here's, here's all that to say this. I had to say yes, too. I had to say yes, Lord, for my son. Yes. I want him to have his life of serving. So I just want to encourage you. What would it look like? What would it look like? i Papua New Guinea, but what would it look like? Maybe it's go across the street. Maybe it's serve children. Maybe it's serve your kids. But what would it look like for you to say yes to serving and to serve like Jesus said? And to recognize I can be great. Everybody can be great in the kingdom of God if you'll say yes. So let's stand together and sing.